Good morning. It is a privilege to be here today. It is our last week uh, to be with you. And so on behalf of Krista and I, we just wanna say um, how much we love you. We are appreciative of this church being our sending church. And uh, we have so many friendships here and uh, just deep relationships from the past and the present. And we're gonna miss you when we head back to Taiwan, but we know you're with us, you're praying for us, and um, we, we couldn't do what we do without you, so thank you. Um, and it's because of what he's done. And that's what I wanna talk about this morning is what he's done for us. So if you will, turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 103. You know, everybody has a favorite well, if you've been a Christian for very long, you probably have a favorite psalm, and this is probably my favorite psalm, Psalm 103. And if you don't mind, if you'd stand, I'd like to read a part of this psalm for us. We're gonna talk about the whole psalm this morning, but I'm gonna read uh, down through verse 12. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all of your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. This is God's holy word. You may be seated. I want you to think about um, the most beautiful place you've been in your life. Can you picture that place? I picture in my mind this beautiful valley in Colorado, the Platoro Valley. And it's one of the, my favorite places in the world. There's a cabin there, I've been there with some of you. Um, it's just my favorite place in the whole world. I would love to live there. Maybe some of you have a place like that that you think, my wife uh, has the opposite dream. She wants to live on the beach in Destin, Florida. So we're kind of figuring that out, you know, for our future. If you could, if you could live in a place like that that was so beautiful, I wonder, would you get used to it? Would the beauty wear off? You know, when we first moved here to Amarillo in 2003, uh, Andrew uh, wasn't uh, born yet, but after he was born, we had lived here a few years and we 
we took off driving up to Colorado. I think we were headed to Colorado. And we were on that long road out through the panhandle, you know, where there's just nothing. And we're driving along and Andrew, he's sitting over here, Andrew uh, looked out the window and he said, Mom, Dad, this is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> no, we're going to the most beautiful place. We're not in the most beautiful place. I think you can become so familiar with beauty that you actually lose its wonder, right? Or maybe just life happens, right? Life happens and you, you know, family, job, other things occur and you just forget about it. When I read Psalm 103, I have to wonder, is that how I am with God? Is that how I am with God? At one point, he was so beautiful in my life. I adored him. I worshiped him with everything, but then life happened. Can you relate to that? Maybe you remember at one point in your life, it was so passionate. It was so real. It was so fresh. But then you got busy between work, family, even church, and running around taking the kids to school or practice. Maybe it was something tragic. Cancer happened. Your marriage failed. Death occurred. Miscarriage. Infertility. Who knows what? The list could be really long, and suddenly you are no longer in awe of this wonderful God that we've just sung about and that we look to in the scripture this morning. It's not that one day you decided to stop following God or stop worshiping him or that you come to the conclusion that he doesn't exist, but life just knocked you down and you haven't quite been able to get up again. So what do we do? What do we do when that happens? David gives us the answer in this psalm. He he starts this psalm by teaching us that we need to have a conversation with ourselves a conversation with ourselves. We need to talk to ourselves. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. You see, he's talking to himself. We all talk to ourselves all the time. Some of us do it internally. Some of us do it externally, okay? Right, you know those people who walk around kind of mumbling to themselves? Okay, that's not what I'm really talking about. Your voice is the one you hear most often, okay? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You don't know my wife, okay? That's... That's not what I'm talking about either, okay? Your internal voice is the one that you hear the most often. We say things to ourselves. Some things that we say to ourselves are actually not so good, right? I'm not good enough. If people really knew the truth about me, they wouldn't like me. Just shut up, just be quiet. You're gonna say something stupid. My faith is too weak for God to really accept me. I mean, the list goes on and on. I imagine if we went around the room, we would have quite the list. We often spend a lot of time thinking about what we ought to say or will say to another person, but we just let our minds ramble when it comes to this internal process that we have going on. When was the last time you actually had a good conversation with yourself? when you actually thought about what you wanted to say to yourself. That's what David is doing here. He's telling himself, praise the Lord. And he tells himself why to praise the Lord. 
his whole self, intellect, emotion, feeling, sentiment, brain, heart, lungs, tongue, you name it. David is calling on himself to praise the Lord. So that's my encouragement to us this morning. Let's Let's walk through this together and learn a meditation that we can do ourselves, that we can rewrite that internal voice and praise the Lord and think about why, why should we praise the Lord? Let's rewrite that internal narrative that we have going on. Why? Why should we do this? Uh, Just a couple of reasons to think about. First of all, we're all seeking happiness. Everybody's seeking happiness. Think about the choices that you made this past week. You made many of them because they made you or, and or those around you happy. There is no greater place of happiness and joy than in the presence of God. Do you really believe that? There is no greater place of happiness and joy than in the presence. Listen, we pursue happiness in all kinds of ways, right? Whether it's uh, food, money, pleasure, sex, whatever you want to say. We try all these other things, but they're temporal. They never really satisfy. Listen, I can go to Dunkin' Donuts every day of the week, and it brings me great joy. Except when they run out of the chocolate sprinkle. That really ticks me off. If you work at Dunkin' Donuts, please see me afterwards. But that, that joy is short-lived, It takes me about a minute to eat that donut. We need to learn to experience the presence of God in our lives daily. Why do you keep those beautiful vacation photos on your desk or on your refrigerator or on your computer screen? Because looking at them takes you back to a place of joy. That's what David's doing here. He's reminding himself of the place, the presence of joy. Another reason is because the world is cruel and dark. And it's growing more so as we go day by day. And Christians, we are to be the light of the world. But how can we be light if we're living in the same dark narrative that the world walks in? We must listen to a different voice, a voice of hope, life, and truth. If we're to go out into the world and bring the light of the gospel's message to others. So David starts out and he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Could you come up with a list of benefits that God has given you this morning? I think you probably could, but David does it for us. David does it for us. Remember what God has done for you. David is talking to himself and says, you need to think back on the goodness of the Lord. And he says, who forgives all your iniquity, your sin. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So let's just talk about each one of those for just a second. Remember he forgives all your iniquity. I don't know if you caught that word or not. It's small, but it's so grand in scope. It's the word all. He forgives all your sins. God knew, remember, God knew everything about David David was a murderer. 
David was an adulterer and many other things. And yet God chose to forgive him all his sins. Do you ever think, I, I, sometimes I do, well, God could never forgive me. He can. He does. He has. God forgives all of our sins. You know, how, how can we really think, let's make this tangible. Uh, most of us in this room, unless you're maybe under 18, and hopefully you guys haven't experienced this yet, but most of the rest of us in this room have had some form of debt, right? You have a mortgage, you have a car loan, you have a credit card, you have something like that. And every month, those little bills seem to arrive, right? When they're like, please pay this amount. What if this week you got in the mail that, what looked like a bill, but it actually just said paid in full? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, everybody's dreaming about that right now. Yeah, wouldn't that just be great? Our, listen, our sin is like a debt. And it's been accumulating since the day you were born with interest. But because of Jesus, it's been paid in full. It's been paid in full. Just meditate on that for a second. Remember, this is a benefit. This is a benefit. Remember, he heals. He heals all your diseases. God can certainly heal any sickness and disease, but I'm not exactly sure that's what David is talking about right here. I think he's talking about the disease of sin, the disease, the sickness of our souls. And along with the forgiveness of our sins, God heals the brokenness that sin brings in our lives and restores us to health. Isn't that good news? Remember, he redeems us from the pit. He buys us back from hell. He redeems us from the pit of punishment. Literally, he saves us from hell. Listen, if that isn't something to praise the Lord about, then I don't know what is. He crowns us with love and mercy. Even when we deserved nothing, he treated you like you deserved everything. It's like the story of the prodigal son. Most of you should remember that when the son goes off and, and blows everything that he had taken from the father and he returns home ready to be a servant, a slave, and the father runs out to meet him and he says, no, 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 you're my son. Put a robe on him. Put sandals on his feet and put the ring on his finger. That's what God has done for you, my friends. He brings him back into the family. Remember, he satisfies you with good. So much so that they have renewed energy. It gives you freedom like that of an eagle. You know, uh, I learned something interesting about eagles this week. I probably learned this in school, but I'd kind of forgotten about it. Eagles molt their feathers every year. The old feathers fall off and they grow new feathers. So they're reborn in a sense every year that they age. You know, this past week, we got to have a long lunch with Sue Barrett. Most of you know Sue. She's been teaching at this church for, I won't say how many years. She's a little bit older than most of us in this room. But I tell you what, Sue is renewed every year. That's a picture of what God does with us. 
Paul writes in Galatians, behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. That's what God is doing in our lives. Just think about all these benefits. What if every morning you got up and you talked to yourself about this? Rather than that other voice that we listen to. What do you need to remember today? Maybe your sin runs so deep that you don't think you can forgive it. First John, the Apostle John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you believe that? Do we really believe the Bible says, means what it says? Remember in Ephesians, we're reminded that we have redemption, not because we deserve it, but because God gave it to us through the blood of Jesus. And Jesus said, if you drink the water that he gives, it will satisfy you so you will never thirst again. What do you need to remember this week? Remember, think about it. What would our life be like if we spent more time choosing to remember the goodness of the Lord in our life? You know, we do this with other experiences all the time. When we see a great movie, don't you tell somebody about it? When we experience a beautiful symphony, don't you recommend somebody else go and hear it? When we experience a great work of art, don't you say, you need to go see this. When our favorite team wins a national championship, don't you celebrate and try to tell everybody that your team won? We can't help talking about it because it's in that talk that there is a renewed sense of joy that brings us back to that moment we don't want to forget. What if we thought about our relationship with God in that way? Not only do we choose to remember God's goodness by looking at all his benefits in the present and the past, but we also see it by looking at what he's done in the past. So beginning in verse 6, David says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. He says he's calling to their minds. And and the people he was writing to at the time would have known about what had happened in Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. What is God's character like? It's been demonstrated over and over through the years of Israel's history. Why would David bring the attention here? Because David, again, is pointing to the faithfulness and goodness of God who saved their ancestors all those years past. If God was faithful then, then he will be good even now. That's why the church is so important. That's why I'm so glad you're here this morning. That's why you need to be in a small group or a Bible fellowship group, right? Is that what we call them now? (laughs) Or Sunday school, if you're still calling it that. Because that's where you share the stories of faith. That's where you tell about how God has been good to you. That's why I'm so glad Sue Barrett still teaches Sunday school. Because she can tell those little children about how good God has been to her all these years. And you need to be telling about how God has been good to you all these years. God has been good. He is good. He will always be good. He's good in your life right now. He's good in your sickness, my friends. 
He's good in your divorce. He is good even though your son or your daughter has walked away from the faith. He's good when you haven't been able to have children. He's good in your singleness. He's good even though you lost your job. He's good even when you're paralyzed by anxiety or depression. He's good. I don't know what bad thing is plaguing you right now, but I know this, the God who raised Jesus from the dead is good. Now David uses a couple of superlative examples to help us meditate on how great God's love is for us. When was the last time you thought about how much God loved you? God loves you. Has anybody told you that lately? God loves you. He says, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Note that he said east from the west, not north from the south. There's a reason. Because you can only go north so far, and then you're going south again. 12,500 miles to be exactly. But if you start going east and you don't land or stop, you keep going east forever. Or if you start going west and you don't land or stop, you go west forever. What's he saying? He's saying God has forgiven your sins. He's forgotten. He's put away your sins. Simply put, it means God has completely removed the guilt of my sins because of his mercy and love for us. As high as the heavens are above the earth. Now, there's some scientific discussion as to just how high that might be. And every once in a while, we learn about some new discovery, a new galaxy or a new star that's far beyond anything we've ever known before. David couldn't have fathomed those distances, you know, billions and trillions of miles or anything like that. But he understood this. The love of God was greater than our ability to measure. The love of God is greater than your ability to measure. Paul says it like this. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hey, God loves you with a steadfast, everlasting love. God likes you too. He likes you. He doesn't just love you, he likes you. You know, I love my wife. Sometimes I don't like her. <laughs> I, we've been married long enough, I could say that now, okay? If you've been married less than 10 years, don't say that, okay? <laughs> I can say that now. Listen, God likes you. He loves you. Where have you forgotten the goodness of the Lord in your life? Maybe you're in a dark season right now. You feel abandoned, you feel forgotten, you feel left out, you're afraid of what tomorrow will bring because today feels like hell on earth. 
Let me be honest with you. Your circumstances may not change for a while. Today, tomorrow may be harder than today, but in the midst of that, you need to be reminded of the faithfulness of God towards you in Christ. Start having a conversation with yourself. Talk to yourself. We need to remind ourselves of how God has dealt with us in and through Christ. We need to remind ourselves of who we are. He says in verse 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place is no more. We need to remind ourselves, like David did, of how fragile we are. And what David is telling us, I think, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here, is that God has compassion on us. It's not that David is trying to say you're nothing. It's actually that God is saying, I care about you. I understand who you are. You know, most of us don't like to be the recipients of compassion. We like to give compassion, makes us feel good. But we don't want to be the recipient of compassion. What David is reminding us here is that actually, from God, we are. There are 22 verses in this psalm, and only these describe who we are. It's not that we don't matter to God. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We're made in his image. David reminds himself that God understands him and knows him. Listen, God understands you. He knows you. We're all looking for some measure of significance in this life, but no matter how great a kingdom you build on this earth, it will all be forgotten. It will all be for, I don't care how much money you have, how many buildings you put your name on, how big a family you have, in this life, it will all be forgotten. But what David is saying, listen to this in verse 17, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. God will never forget you. God will never forget you. His righteousness to children's children and to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. He remembers us and he pledges his love towards us in all of his knowledge of our sin and failures. He loves us. God will never remove his love from our lives. That's why Paul was able to say that he boasted in his weakness knowing that when he was weak, then God's strength was magnified. Our weakness isn't a barrier to the strength of God. It's the very doorway into that strength. Listen, faith is not simply believing in God. It is believing God. Taking him at his word and living in obedience because you know that you will always do what he says because his saying is his doing. So in the midst of your trials, when he says he will never leave you or forsake you, do you trust that? Do you believe that? When he says he will not put more on you than you can bear, do you trust that? When he says he will provide a way of escape when you are tempted, do you trust him and look for his deliverance? 
when he tells you to wait in your time of aloneness, that God will provide a mate for you. When you begin to realize how weak you are, your dependence on God grows more and more. And some of you are thinking, this all sounds really nice, Todd, but what about right now? What about today? We're intrinsically affected by the way we feel at the moment, the way we feel about ourselves, the way we feel about a situation, the future. But in Christ, in Christ, we have the power and the freedom to not be affected by the way you feel at the moment, to do what we must regardless of how we feel. That's the power of Christ in us, the inner working of his grace through us. We don't have to be prisoners of sin or ourselves. That's why David starts out this psalm. He says, say to yourself, soul, bless the Lord. Say it to yourself, bless the Lord. What glorious blessings that we have, that the power of Christ to no longer pay attention to ourselves when it comes to worry, fear, and guilt. His blood has made us holy, and the fact that we now abide in his mighty hands is our rest. Verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. David wants to remind us, listen, God is overruling all things for his glory and our God. You know, sometimes we Christians, we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk, especially when it comes to God's sovereignty. David reminds us, God is sovereign. He is overruling all things. That's not a promise. It's a reality. Do you believe that today? Are you living like it today? So David, finally, to end this psalm, he calls on the whole universe to lift its voice in praise to God. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. There is no corner of the universe where God is not ruling today. Do you believe it? Do you, I, I don't know if you do. I think if you're, listen, if you're like me, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it too, okay, friends? I'm just like you, so I know you don't. <laughs> I know you don't. I know that there are places in my life where I sometimes don't believe God is ruling. So I'm with you today, preaching to myself, saying, bless the Lord, forget not all his benefits, I'm preaching it to myself. God is sovereign over all things. Let's believe it together. I don't know what kind of decision you might need to make today. You might just need to make a commitment to talk to yourself better 
Maybe to memorize part of this psalm so that it becomes part of your inner voice. You know, you, you can't do this if you're not a Christian, if you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I, I don't even understand this. Well, you can't if you're not a Christian. So maybe you need to put your faith in this person, Jesus Christ. Whatever decision you need to make today, you can make it right now. You can make it where you sit. Or you can make it down here at the front. The altar's open. You can come and pray. We're going to sing. I'm going to pray. We're, I'm, I'm going to pray. Then we're going to sing. And uh, you do what the Lord has asked you to do. Okay? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we, we all collectively confess to you that we listen to our inner voices much more than we talk to ourselves and say the truth of the scripture, remind ourselves of the truth of, of the scripture, remind ourselves of your truth. And so we confess that to you this morning and we ask for your help to change. We want to bless the Lord today with our soul and forget not all his benefits. God, you are so great, so amazing, so wonderful, and we want that to penetrate every dark and deep area of our lives, not just on the surface. We don't want to just talk the talk. We want to walk the walk. So would you work in us today, just continue to grow us, help us in this process of becoming more Christ-like, that you would uh, inspire us and encourage us. Remind us of your, your I, I think in this psalm, we see the, the steadfast love that you've given us. Help us to be reminded of that this morning and to just hold on to that and then produce in us the fruit of that, which is trust in your sovereignty. We love you today. Now, friends, whatever decision you have to make, the staff will be here at the front to receive you. Um, you make it now. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand.